0: even longer but uh, one day I was I walked into work and uh, here's this new guy so we're filling out paperwork and doing all this thing this stuff and um, it wasn't too long we started talking about God started talking about God and he wasn't going to church anywhere but boy he was still talking about God he still loved God and uh, finally we talked him and and somebody else into uh, come to church come to church it wasn't too long before it was, oh, you play drums. Why don't you play drums? <laughs> and singing and drumming. And um, one thing about Reuben is he would always push you to do better for God. You know, take your walk and then get closer. And uh, with that, I grew so much. And we had the opportunities to, to do um, youth and young adult and Dave and Reuben and I and uh, I see some of you guys here today and uh, blesses my heart I just want you to know that Um, he always pushed to do better and um, but every bit of that walk was how much he loved Jesus Um, he believed in serving and he believed in serving together with his family in Christ, and we got a lot of opportunities to do that and to to feed people and to just to serve people in the community. And so I knew a lot about that part of it. And then we went to LSE and got involved there. And um, as Ruben's family came, because most they all live back east, and as his family came and person after person came into the hospital or came to visit and to share these stories what Reuben was to them his family was amazed, just amazed at how he lived his life in a way that made a difference in other people's lives Um, how he never shirked from sharing Jesus and uh, so from me to them, or from them t- through me to you. Um, thank you for being a part of his family.
1: Couple of stories, um, you know. Sometimes in in a church service, we'll have a time where we pause and wait to hear from God, and there's silence. So one day we were at, uh, I think we had one of our granddaughters at uh, Don Morse Park, and there's Reuben, and I could tell that he couldn't see. He couldn't. He didn't have any glasses on, and, and he was having a tough time seeing. So I. I we wound up talking, and I asked him what if he knew. He said, I broke my glasses, and yada, yada. And it, I, I said, well, i got a pair of glasses I used to have in high school when my eyes weren't quite so bad. <laughs> and and uh, he said, well, I'll try them. So I'll, I gave them to him. And, and he, said, he told me later, he said, I had been praying for somebody to do that. And I, I wound up later taking him out to Walmart and getting a proper pair of glasses for him. But then the other, the other story is after he came to Littlestone Church when we were over there in the old building, um, somewhere along the line, we decided to bring in some drums. And the first day, I think I was on the worship team, and, and I think it was Ruben, or it might have been somebody else, who sat down at the drums, and we started the song, and about five or six people got up from the front rows and went into the back, because it was too loud. <laughs> And so I said, Ruben, we've got to do something about this. What are we going to do? And uh, we wound up buying that set of drums. Reuben and I drove over to Seattle and bought them at Guitar Center. Got a great deal on them. But he did all the drumming, and we, we uh, spent some time together and bought the gear for it. So um, that was fun. I, I had a lot of fun with Reuben playing music.
2: We're going to have an opportunity, Um, as soon as this is over, and here today we're going to be going over to the Methodist Church, and there's going to be some refreshments over there, so we'll be able to continue to share our stories about Reuben and share how he impacted your lives. Um, Right now I'm asking Caitlin where you're at. If you're going to come up with you, please come up here, and she's going to be reading the scripture passage for us this morning.
0: Scripture today is Luke nine fifty six to sixty two And they went on to another village as they were going along the road someone said to him I will follow you wherever you go And Jesus said to him Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head to another he said Follow me but he said Lord Let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God.
2: Holy Father, we are overwhelmed with emotion right now. For those of us who are in Christ Jesus this morning, we recognize that you have Reuben with you. And we rejoice in that. And we are so thrilled that the cancer no longer has dominion over his body. And the pain and the suffering is no more. And that right now he is filled with the greatest extent of joy and celebration and jubilee that he has ever had in his entire existence. Yet at the same time, Lord, we miss our dear friend and brother. He's been a powerful part of our lives you couldn't work with a guy without either being annoyed or, or just um, smiling or got a smirk on your face for just how he wouldn't be still or be quiet. For he was filled with the hope of Jesus Christ and he had to share that hope. He played his the music on Sunday mornings with such great passion, but that too wasn't just enough to play it. He had to teach others. He had to join in with others and and disciple them and, and how to play music for the king. As testified by many of the musicians that are in here this morning. Father God, he challenged us who are believers to a deeper, more intimate walk with you and to be people that are not silent about the glorious goodness of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He lived each day truly as if it was his last and he didn't want to leave any stone unturned. Father God, I thank you for his example. We rejoice that he's part of that great cloud of witnesses that have gone before us. Lord God, we thank you because we recognize that Reuben came from you. And Reuben is with you. The only reason that we are here celebrating this morning is because of you. In Jesus' name we pray, in the power of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, my journey with Reuben began um, almost seven years ago. I was a new pastor at Livingstone Church, and we made up some changes, and we were going to do two different types of service with a more traditional type of service, and a more a contemporary, if you will, service, and so, we, yeah, we brought the, the drums in. Um, I remember that morning, Steve, um, and uh, Ruben, you know, and, and, and Tammy and Dave all kind of came at the same time, and, and and I remember Ruben just, like, walking up to me one Sunday morning, like, like coming in early and looking me in the eyes, and I'm like, who is this guy, and he looks me right at me, and he's like, so, um, what do you think you're here to do, and I'm like, well, I'm preaching the Bible. He goes, like, the whole Bible? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, Christ crucified? I was like, yeah. Christ resurrected? Yeah. He goes, okay, I'll stay, but the minute you stop talking about those things is the minute I leave. <laughs> All right, Rube. <laughs> so Rube would stay, and he'd be a part of the music team, and um, he'd come in, and I like to get here early, um, usually around six o'clock in the morning, and, and we, the music team starts practicing around eight, but Ruben would always come early, and it would drive me nuts, because I'm like, this is my time, this is my time to get ready, and in watch Ruben, like half an hour, 45 minutes early, and you heard him before you saw him. Because Reuben had his 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 phone in his back pocket and he didn't have earbuds in. He had his speaker blaring like his his praise music as he's walking through downtown Shalane, coming up into here. And you just and back back then he would walk all the way over to Little Stone Church from downtown, and he would just be praising God the whole way. And I remember one morning, I actually I'm like, oh, let me pick him up, you know, uh, you know, and I read because I'm like I wanted to get there early and him not be there and have this alone time, but I'll pick him up. And he refused the ride. I'm like. What? He's like, no, I don't want to ride. This is my time to praise God. I was like, so you get your time. Okay. We'll, 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 all right, Ruben. I get it. But Ruben would walk in the door, and uh, he had this just, just habit of like, I remember I went out to stretch out my hand, and every time just out of a habit to stretch out my hand and shake his hand, he's like, he'd look at my hand like, what are you doing with that? Like, and then he'd just give me a bear hug and, and look at me in the eyes. And he didn't ask me how I was doing. He said to me, are you ready? Are you ready? You see, Reuben was brilliant at reminding me of my responsibility of a proclaimer of the word of God, that it didn't matter what argument I had with my wife that morning, Didn't didn't matter what argument I had with my kids or disagreement, didn't matter how busy my life was. He wanted to remind me every Sunday morning that my job was to get up there and remind the congregation of how good God was. And he didn't want anything going on in my life to distract me from proclaiming that because he knew that if I got down from the pulpit on a Sunday morning and I hadn't proclaimed the goodness and greatness of our God, that I would regret that morning. Reuben was beautiful. Listen. Reuben was... uh, (coughs) You know, still interrupting things, that's right. Um, <clears throat> that's Ruben. <laughs> when Ruben was praising God on the stage or just out in the community, you know, he, he looked like a person who just left the throne room of God with just the joy that filled his face. It's often hard to say goodbye to someone as vibrant as Reuben. And I miss my friend dearly and I know you miss him as well. And it's a good thing to miss each other because we're family. And that's what family does. We miss one another. We care for one another. We lift one another up. Paul shared a story of how this family just came alongside and one of the things that Reuben did for us that was not actively intentional on his part, but God did through Reuben, is he he drew this family together. He gave us opportunities to care for him and care for each other and be present. That last night in the hotel room, um, I went to the staff just to thank the staff for being just so wonderful, um, and they were amazed. And how many people had flowed in and out of Reuben's room? They're like, we've never. We've seen a lot of people in this. We've never seen this many people go in to see someone. He must have touched somebody's lives, and, and, and it's just Reuben's way. And even I'm like, even as Reuben is laying there, his body cold and still, his spirit with Jesus, he's still testifying to the goodness of God. Knowing Reuben and having had conversations with Reuben, there, there's something this morning that um, Reuben would want me to be very, very clear about. And, and, and I don't want Reuben and uh, this whole haunting thing, but I, I believe God would send Reuben back <laughs> to, to address me and interrupt my life on, on, on you know, wrong moments when, uh, if I wasn't explicitly clear on this point. Because if you knew Reuben, you knew he loved one thing, more than anything else in the entire world. And that was Jesus Christ. And so if I'm going to be explicitly clear with you on anything this morning, it's about Jesus. I have to be, because that would be doing Reuben such an incredible disservice to not talk about Jesus, because I I wouldn't be talking about his life and why he lived it. You see, Jesus... really did live. Scriptures tell us that Jesus was the second person of the Trinity, the Son of God. And that he's eternally existed from before time began and will exist well after time has ended. The Son of God came down to the earth through the Virgin Mary and was born Jesus Christ. Fully God and fully man. And Jesus Literally did walk this earth. And he walked it perfectly. He, he he did it in a way that none of us in this room could do it. And it's crazy. Because if you have kids and you think about kids. Like how was Jesus not fighting with his brothers and sisters and biting them? He didn't. Right? And, and, and Jesus... Walked amongst his creation, who the Bible tells us that Jesus was the creator of all things. He walked amongst his creation and seeing it in its broken state. In fact, he subjected itself to its ridicule, to its harshness. And, and Jesus walked and he went to the cross. And he became became a sacrifice that none of us could be. You see, all of us in this room are sinners. And I joke with my congregation a lot. No one has to teach your child how to bite their brothers and sisters, fight with them, to, to take candy from the candy jar, to steal cookies, right? How many of you had to teach your children how to do that? They, yeah, right. It's natural, right? Kids, we're, we're born with this problem of sin. We not only do it, but we're born with this nature and propensity to do it, to want it, to desire it. And we needed something to happen on our behalf so that sin could be dealt with and sin could be done with. And Jesus Christ came and he died upon the cross for the sins of those who would call upon his name as King, as Lord, as Savior. He died for our sins upon Calvary. But the beautiful thing is is that the story doesn't end there. One of the greatest celebrations for Christians is Resurrection Sunday or Easter Sunday morning. When we celebrate that Christ got up and he walked out of the grave. For three days, he lay in the grave. And on that third day, he gets up and he walks out of the grave. And his walking out of the grave is so significant and so important. Because if he stays dead, he wasn't God, he wasn't king, the work wasn't complete. But he gets up and he walks out of the grave showing that, guess what? Sin is done. Sin is dealt with. It's over. Victory has been had over it. And there's a new story to be written through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That we can now live lives differently because Jesus died and rose again. That's what you saw in Reuben. You saw the resurrection of Jesus Christ in his life. He lived that every day. Every day was a new opportunity for him to get up and to share Jesus Christ. And he lived a weird and in a peculiar way. Some of you, maybe as Caitlin was, was reading the scriptures this morning, were like, that's a really weird funeral passage. Aren't we supposed to be talking about the future resurrection or when Jesus will come back and all the dead in Christ will rise first? Yes, those are great passages too. But as I was thinking about a passage of scripture that described Reuben's life, that's what came to my mind. And Luke 9, 56 to 62, starting in verse 56, and they went into another village. And what they're talking about here is Jesus is is on a journey with his disciples. And Christ is going throughout the land proclaiming the kingdom of God that has come because the king has come, and the king is Jesus Christ. And they went into another village, and as they were going on the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said... To him, foxes have holes, birds of the heavens have nests, but the Son of Man does not have a place where he might lay his head. Well, Jesus was quite a popular figure. I mean, you would be too if you were able to have people who were once blind, now able to see. If you were able to help people who couldn't speak, now speak. People who couldn't walk, now walk. People who had evil spirits, you could cast them out. You'd become popular too, right? Right? Like you could just set up your own little clinic, right? And you'd say, hey, I'm going to heal you, not in a temporary way, but in a permanent way, right? That's what Jesus was doing. He was changing people's hearts and lives through the physical healing of their bodies, challenging them as they walked and as they came to him. And so people are like, hey, I want to follow this guy. He's doing all these cool things. He's got this incredible power, incredible might. His teachings are far above all the teachings and the wisdom that I've ever heard. And so these people would come up to him and say, I want to follow you, Jesus. And so this individual comes up to Jesus and says, hey, let me join your club. Let me join your gang. You know, I want to walk with you. I want to hang out with you. I want to listen to your teachings. And Jesus is saying, hey, if you follow me, you're going to not live for the comforts of this world. You know, because guess what? Animals have these places to dwell, and birds to birds have these places to nest. But guess what? The Son of Man, God, Jesus Christ, he doesn't have a place to call home. Now think about that for a second. Jesus is more focused on being obedient to God's will, sharing the who he is, sharing that the kingdom has come through him, and he's traveling from place to place to place to place. He's not worried about what zip code he lives in. He's not worried about what location where he dwells. He's not worried about what house payment he has to make. He is all in for following and being obedient to the will of the Father. And Jesus is saying, and if you're going to follow me, guess what? The comforts of the world are not the things that you live for. And if you ever visited Reuben's house, how many ever visited Reuben his home, right? Now, if you visited Reuben's house, you got that. Praise be to God, you got that. And, and some of us, like, I think some of us walked in there and were like, Reuben, you really need this. You really need that. Reuben, you really should have this. And he's like, I don't need those things. You see, Reuben was like, hey, I can do with so much less because my life is for service to the king. I don't need a bunch of things slowing me down. He understood to live for Jesus, to follow Jesus, was not to be hindered by the things of this world. Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and sin and which clings so closely to us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Reuben and I would have long conversations, heartbroken conversations, over the fact that many people call themselves Christians but don't follow Jesus. And I want to make this explicitly clear to you this morning. It's not out of anger or judgment that I say this, but it's out of love and desire for us to surrender our lives to Jesus and follow him. That if you've walked an aisle, if you've taken communion, if you were baptized, if you gave tithe, if you attended church service, but you have not surrendered your life to Jesus Christ and say, Jesus, I want you to be my king. You alone are the only person that can deal with my sin and I surrender my life to live for you. I want to live my life completely for you, not the comforts of this world. If you've not done that, I'm scared for your soul. Because he's not a magic token. In the military, in the army, you know, soldiers would love it when the chaplain would roll out with him on the patrol because they felt he was this little voodoo doll going with him on patrol that was going to protect them. Jesus isn't a little voodoo doll that you carry with you and you pull out when you're in trouble or when you think that life better is because you're recognizing him. Jesus is the king and he is the Lord and he is the savior. And he has got an abundant life for you that the comforts of this world will fail to compare to what he's got for you. And the comforts of this world, the things that we've been given, they're to be used for the glory of God. But the minute they keep us from giving glory to God, from telling others about Jesus, I can't. I can't go and share Jesus. I can't go and do this for Jesus because these things are holding me back. They become sin to us. They become things that weigh us down and keep us from loving and pursuing God like we're supposed to. Reuben demonstrated a life of throwing away those entanglements. I've got a funny story to share with you. I don't recommend this, okay? You know, sometimes as a pastor, you share stories that you're like, people are going to run out and do this. And you're like, I-, I don't want you to run out and do this, okay? In fact, if Reuben was here today, he'd, he'd give a... He'd probably like, Scott, I don't know if I want you to share that. But all right, here we go. I remember Reuben was... Ruben was, was, we, Ruben was uh, driving the church van and, and picking up kids and doing stuff and, and hanging out with kids. And somebody came up to me and said, you, you know Reuben doesn't have his driver's license? <laughs> And I said, what? And I, all right, all right. So I went and talked to Ruben. And we had a long discussion why he doesn't have his driver's license. And I'm like, well, Rube, I can't have you drive the church van anymore, right? Because that, that's, that's, that's bad news, right? And, and so, but uh, later on, he was given a car to drive around town. And, and, and I went to Ruben. And I said, Rube, you know, I got to talk to you about this. Because this is, this is not a good thing. Like, you driving a car. What if, like, this is back when Dave hadn't retired yet from the police department. What if Dave pulls you over? You're really putting Dave in a tough spot. Because Dave knows license and registration. He knows what the answer is going to be even before he asks you. And, and, and this was Reuben's mentality, okay? And I don't, again, don't reckon that, but this goes to show about the comforts thing. Reuben said to me, he goes, Well, this is the deal. If I go out to start the car and it starts, I guess God wants me to drive, right? <laughs> and, 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 and if I get pulled over, and if I get pulled over, and I go to prison for not having a driver's license, I guess God's got ministry for me to do there. I mean, that... <laughs> hey, you're willing to accept punishment for... Okay, you know, I, you know, at some point in the passage, you're just like, okay, I don't know what to say about that anymore. But Reuben is like, hey, listen, I want to be all in for God, and if God strips me of all my comforts, then, then it's for His glory, and it's for my good, and, and, and it's, that's what will be best for the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And another one, but he said to another, Jesus tells another person, follow me. But he said, permit me first to depart to bury my father. And he said to him, abandon the dead to bury their own dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. There's a lot of different ways that people understand that passage. For some people, it's understanding the, the, the rituals of burying someone back in the ancient Near East culture, and that they would place somebody in a tomb until their flesh rotted off of them, and then they would take the bones, and they would move the bones into, you know, a, a family tomb that was be able to hold a lot of bodies. Well, that meant to bury someone meant it wasn't just a short period of time, but a long period of time in which they'd be committed to this burial. Some people think that that's what's going on here, that Jesus is saying, listen, you're just buying time like you're saying maybe later kind of thing that maybe later you'll follow me but right now you've got too many things going on and that could be the case it it could also be this idea of a customer tradition that, that this son was responsible for for taking care of and for doing for his father and Jesus is saying listen not future plans not customs and traditions none of those things should prevent you from following me That again, all of those things should be used for the glory of God. And when they're not, when they're keeping you from following God, then we must do away with them and pursue God. For God has the greatest plans for our lives than we can ever imagine. Much greater plans than traditions and customs that this world has to offer Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, the plans to prosper you and not to harm you, he plans to give you a hope and a future. And when God says this prophecy to the people of Israel, he says it to them while they're in captivity. God has this incredible plan for our lives, even though we may not be able to see it at this moment, as we're grieving Reuben. And we're missing him. But God says, Leave the customs, leave the traditions behind, and, and, and pursue me. Leave the future plans, put them aside. Pursue me. Let me be your God. Let me be your King. And I will give you plans that you can't even dream about. I'll give you a future you can't even fathom. Because when I'm your God, when I'm your King, I do all things for your good. And I've got a future in store for you. This world just pales in comparison to give. Finally, the last person comes up to him and says, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me run and say farewell to those in my house. But Jesus said, No one putting hands to the plow looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. This gentleman's like, hey, you're doing really great things, God, but i got to go say goodbye to a few relationships. Jesus is saying, no, you don't. No, you don't. Follow me right now. Don't let the relationships, don't let, don't let those things... Friendships, family, relationships hinder you from following me, pursue me. And Reuben did this to such a degree. He literally left his family all on the East Coast. He was out here by himself. Called where God had called him to minister and would not leave. You know, talking with the family, they were like, we would like continually ask Reuben, you sure you don't want to come home? Like, we'll buy the plane ticket. We'll, 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 we'll pack up your stuff. We'll come get you and bring you home. Come be close to us. And Reuben's like, no, this is where God has called me. This is where my family is. And I know that had to sting a little bit. Like, well, we're your family. But Reuben truly saw the family of God, his church family, on par with the family that he had back on the East Coast. He loved us like we were his own. And I know some of you may who are here with him and may have worked with him and may have been like, man, he was kind of annoying cuz he just wouldn't shut up about God. And I was like, that just at some point it grated on me. At some point I didn't feel very loving and I'm telling you what, that was the only way Reuben knew to love you. Cuz he felt that for a moment if he didn't share that with you. For a moment if he didn't tell you about Jesus Christ. he'd be failing you and would not be loving, would not be caring for you because the most important thing to Reuben was the placement of your eternal soul. That you become a child of God and have this abundant life in him. That was the most important thing to him. As it should be for all of us in this room. 1 John 3, 1 and 2 says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called the children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. Reuben believed in the family of God. And Reuben wanted as many possible as he could talk to to become part of the family of God. So my challenge this morning to you is, as someone came to me and spoke to me about Reuben and said, you know, we need to do like a monument for Reuben and do something like we could visually see and every Sunday, like maybe we we, we put a tag on the drum set or something, like Reuben was here. um, (laughs) You know, know, (laughs) we were talking about that. And and, and I I guarantee you, if Reuben was here today, he'd be like, no. (laughs) No, because if you remember me at all, remember Jesus even more, and live your lives for Jesus, that your life would be radically different because we know Reuben, and even more so because we've been indwelt by the Holy Spirit and know God. That it weird to be like what Jesus said? living sacrifices, living testimonies to the fact that Jesus Christ has come. And Ruby would say way more important that we live for Jesus every single day and that Jesus' name would be upon our lips and the joy of Christ flow through our veins as we proclaim Jesus Christ every single day. One final story and I'll close. Um the Mercy Care team had put together kind of a roster to spend time with Ruben, and they'd asked the elders to sign up, and I took the morning shift um, some days, and when Ruben was still at his house, um, the hospice nurse um, came to see him, and uh, she was going to give him a bath, so I Reuben was like, you know, Reuben liked his privacy. So I was like, I like your privacy too, Ruben. I'm going to go outside and wait until she finishes up with, with giving you a bath. And so I went outside and I came back in when they said it was time to come back in. And she was washing his hair. And Ruben was in and out during this time period, but um, she was washing his hair. And like, the timing of this was such a God moment. He looks it up at her. I can't even imagine what pain he was in and what was going on. But he just this clarity of thought in mind. He looks up to this lady he's just washing his hair, and he so lovingly says to her, "Do you know Jesus?" She finished She begins to say that she's on a journey with Jesus, and Reuben goes back to sleep. She's finishing up, cleaning stuff up. And I'm like, (laughs) he's asleep, but I can hear him screaming at me. Like, you need to continue that conversation. You were standing right there. If you don't continue that conversation, I'm going to wake up and knock you out. Um, (laughs) And so I continued that conversation with her. I got to pray with her, pray for her kids. Pray that God would draw her near in this journey and that she would soon believe in him as her Lord and Savior. You see, we all need a friend in our lives like that. And I, I hope we can be that to a friend to each other, to challenge each other and to spur each other on to share Jesus Christ in this community to rise up to be the men and women God has called us to be in Christ to serve God faithfully to share the gospel to walk alongside and disciple people because Reuben touched my family and tremendously because when Ethan started playing the guitar, he was 13 years old, doing lead guitar on a Sunday morning. And Reuben just, I remember the two of them watching him during practice and stuff. Reuben would just pull Ethan aside. And while the vocalists were figuring it out, right, up front, Ethan and Reuben would just be in the back. Like, and he'd be just pouring into Ethan. And then Elijah wanted to play the drums. And Elijah's like, uncertain and unsure. And Ruben just like, sit down. You see, Reuben wasn't threatened like, hey, this is my throne, this is my drum set. No, no, no. He's like, this was given to me so that I could give it away. And he did that with my family. And I know he touched a lot of your families the same way. If you're here this morning, a journey with Jesus, a life with Jesus begins with surrender. It begins with just a confession to God Jesus, you are my King and my Lord. And I surrender my life to you. I am a sinner and I need your forgiveness and I want to live for you. And if you want to begin that journey today, we really want to talk to you. I mean, you got Tammy, you got everybody on the stage. Anybody who's on the stage would just be happy to just grab hold of you this morning and begin to talk with you about beginning that journey with Jesus. If you're a Christian here this morning, I challenge you to not forget Reuben. For he truly was like the moon, and he reflected the Son of God. Join with me in prayer. Father God, I thank